0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This podcast is powered by SportString, your digital water cooler.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Attention. Podcast. I'm your host Coleman Ayers. Today I'm gonna to be having my guy Chris Likes on here. Chris is not only a great athlete, um, somebody who provides a lot of wisdom in this episode, but also a pretty good friend. Gives a lot of wisdom in this episode, not only about the on-court stuff, what skills to have for small guards, certain techniques, but also the mental side of things. And this goes past the confidence that we talk about. This goes into him being pretty transparent about a lot of the stuff that went down in his last couple of years of college. Um, and kind of how he's gotten through some pretty significant psychological barriers as a basketball player, as a smaller guard, um, but also as a human. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. As always, uh, if you want more resources, make sure to check out my Instagram, my YouTube, Discord channel, pretty much everything that we're doing on every channel to make sure that you guys have as much content, as many resources as you need around the world. All right, so all that will pretty much be By Any Means Basketball. Um, You can get to all of it from my Instagram, from my YouTube. But, again, I just want to be the ultimate resource for you guys as hoopers around the globe to make sure that you guys have everything you need to get to that next level. All right, anyways, enough about me. Let's get to it. Chris, my guy, welcome. Appreciate you for uh, hopping on the podcast. One thing I will say is I've been to a lot of places this year, and I kind of texted you about this a few times. Yeah. But you always get, like, the, you know, what's your favorite player? It's like Kyrie, Steph, Mm Josh. But somehow, damn near everywhere I go, there's always that, the few kids who are like, Chris Likes. I've seen you, you know, in the yeah. videos with them. And honestly, bro, it's, it's crazy to see uh, how many people around the world, you know, tune in to, to what you've been doing for years now um, and see how you inspire people from, yeah. you know, every level, every corner of the world. Um, and I think it's a testament to, obviously, the work you put in. Um, so you push the limits at every level. That's kind of why I wanted you get on here as well just talk about that and i mean that's even dating back to high school like you know not a lot of people know that we went to rival schools for real yeah Um, i was at st john's which are like i mean if you know anything about basketball in the dmv area like the ultimate rivalry over there um obviously chris averaged like 10 times more points than me but what it allowed (laughs) me to see was kind of like the development from gonzaga even like at at a freshman level um Mm -hmm. When you were a freshman all the way up to we went to um together um uh, got to work together a little bit towards the end of your career there um and then arkansas and obviously overseas now killing it playing super efficient winning games all that stuff um so yeah man it's been cool to see your journey and i'm excited to uh to get your perspectives on a lot of this stuff
2: uh, i appreciate you having me man as always uh, i think you got one of the most intriguing basketball minds out there i think what you do man is is in a class of its own um i tune in pretty much to all of everything that you do and it's always kind of the mindset i had towards things like just working on things in a different way than what the traditional way is you know and i think kind of kind of ties into where i'm at with with basketball for me it's always been bigger than basketball just because the traditional thing is guys are supposed to be tall playing basketball we all Mm know for me it's it's always been this is what I wanted to do and I wasn't going to let you know something that I couldn't control which is my height be the reason yeah. I play basketball so uh, No that's,
1: that's a fact. That's it. a fact. No I appreciate I appreciate the kind words as well. And that kind of leads me into the first question which is like and you talk about this enough on your Instagram and and interviews you know you know dating back to high school but what's your mindset when you step on the court? Like is there a common thing that you're thinking about or you kind of have in your mind every single time you get on the
2: court and you're probably the shortest player out there, but you're still making it work. Yeah. Um, I would say it's kind of changed a little bit over the years. Um, it really, it started off with just proving I belonged out there. So I was in straight kill mode, killing mentality. Like I'm trying to prove to everybody that like, you know, I'm out here for a reason. Mm. Um, And then once I felt like, you know, I kind of gained some some notoriety and people started like kind of knowing who I was. Um, then it kind of changed from like, all right, people know who I am to like, let me like show that I'm not just a, a highlight, like a highlight guy, like I'm actually like a, a, a solid basketball player. Um, and then now it's changed into my professional career, has changed into really being efficient, showing that what I do on the court translates to winning. So, um, yep. They all kind of play, you know, the same, um, play within each other. Um, it's still, I'm always trying to prove I belong out there, but it's always, um, or it's progressed in, in a number of different ways.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, I like that. And one thing that I've always noticed as well is, like, I think a lot of that feeds into how you play defensively. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the time when we talk about small guards, and even myself, I fall into this, is, like, we don't really talk about how people can potentially see you as a liability on the defensive side of things. And every conversation I've had, about you with with people who have you know analyzed your game whatever been like you know is you would expect him to be a liability but he's not and i think a lot of that is a testament to mindset but also technique so talk a little bit about like not only the mindset that goes into playing defense as you know a smaller guard but also the the kind of the technical portion of it certain techniques that you use to stay in front but also be pesky as hell and and uh defend taller players
2: right um uh, so you know one thing i feel like i always have the advantage in speed so um and i wouldn't say i was always super defensive minded when i first started playing basketball though i was like i was mm. i wasn't really talented on the offensive side so i use you know my, my passion for the game to be like patrick beverly like just you know yeah. on defense but as i progressed and i got better skill wise on offensively it kind of like you know focused on that side and um it wasn't until I remember it was a high school game where UVA came to watch me and Coach Turner told me, like, look, they want to see you, like, play defense.
3: Yeah,
2: And that's when um, one of those games I was just picking up full court and I realized, like, okay, I can use the same type of speed. I can use the same instincts that I have on offense. I can use that on defense. And that's reading the passing lane. See, a lot of people think basketball, like, is just, well, especially on the defensive side, is like, straight man-to-man, like, yeah. right in front of you, right? But it's it's a little more than that. Like, you can see the next play ahead, and that's where some of the guys, like, uh, I remember D-Wade was one of the first guys I watched. Mm. Like, anticipation, like, just oh, yeah. getting in those passing lanes, um, you know, reading the next play, making the guy uncomfortable with the ball. Like, we're already lower to the ground. Uh, speaking about smaller guards in particular, mm-hmm. you know, um, when we're lower to the ground, you know they don't necessarily want to put that ball right there in front of you. So you can might like, jab at them. And I learned this from Marcus Smart. I talked with him um, one offseason at Miami. And he was just saying, like, just keep playing, like, keep playing. That's what a lot of people do is they stop playing because they feel like they're beat. But, you know, when you're small like that, you can get into those tight spots. You know, if you keep playing, you'll, you'll eventually, uh, eventually get your hand on the ball, which is important, man. You just got to – Thing about it is, you usually gotta keep fighting, like man, that's why yeah. I, mean, I don't really, I don't really give up too much.
1: No, for sure. And I mean, a couple of points off that. Number one is, I think a lot of people don't realize like the importance of, like you said, recovery on defense. Yeah. Like they get beat, and they think that's that's the end game right there. And exactly. it's like in reality, you're one of the best I've seen, and Marcus Smart is the guy to talk to for sure in terms of no. that. It's like you'll get beat. It's I mean, it's basketball. You score hundred some points a game, you know, right. at a lot of levels. It's an offensive game, so you're going to get beat, but being able to take the angle to get back to kind of re-engage that contact, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, You played football growing up a little bit, didn't you? A little bit, yeah, a little bit of football. Do you think that helped at all in terms of jumping in passing lanes and just kind of understanding, like, telegraphing
2: passes? Yeah, I I definitely think so. Um, I think it also comes from a lot of, you know, how I play uh, video games, too. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. In particular, Um, you know, I don't play much video games anymore, but you know, when I used to, I was always in the passing lanes on yeah. defense, just trying to steal. Um, and you can be, you can be, you can have an offensive mindset uh, on defense. You know, that's what I tell exactly. a lot of the guys that, that DM me ask me about defense. I tell them, like, look, have an offensive mindset on defense in terms of reaching, you know, gambling. But at the same time, you, know, you got to be cautious about the gambling. Maybe talk with your coach or something uh, about that. But I'm sure he'll understand it, too. Like, if you're getting steals... No, he's not. he's not going to be upset about
1: that. No, nah, for sure. That's funny you say that about 2K. One of my guys, Jason Preston, plays for the Clippers. He's definitely one of the better IQs I've ever seen. And people ask him about it, and he's like, he's playing 2K. 3K, I was man. like, hey, I mean, that's for, I mean, you're just seeing a bunch of patterns in the game of basketball in a way that's like, I mean, you can only watch so much film. You can only play so much. You get tired as hell if you're playing all day, like making reads all day. So, yeah. I mean, at some point, like, I could definitely see the value in that um, and it's, you ain't the only one that said that. Um, so what actually, before we move on, I, you mentioned that you talked to Marcus Smart down at, down at UM. um are there any other players, and you don't even have to name them, but I'm just curious, like how you've picked other players minds, because whether it be at UM, you know, there's a lot of players that are always working out practice facility, Wasco. Um, but I mean, you've been around a lot of players in DMV everywhere. Um, so how have you been able to kind of take from other players? Um, whether you talk to them or whether just watching other players' games and
2: kind of being able to pull from certain things and add to yours? Um so Miami was a a unique experience, just like how you said, you know, a lot of guys spent their off seasons down there. So we was able to play pickup. Um I was able to play pickup with with a number of guys, probably too many to really just go down and list all of them. But I think the biggest thing was they always told me to just like just keep going, like keep working. And you know, you'll put yourself in a position where, like, you know, if you if they feel like you're needed, then they'll find you. Like, right? facts. Um, and I'll probably say on defense, though, I like to watch Drew Holiday because he was one of those guys that I feel like he plays with an offensive mindset on defense. Mm. Like, he, he reads, he reads um, the the guy with the ball. He reads their moves pretty well. Um, that's because you know he's talented on the offensive side as well So, True. And uh, he plays what I mean by playing, like with offensive mindset, is you're the aggressor on defense. Yes. Yeah. You're not waiting for him to make a move. And, like, are you reacting to it? Because by the time you start playing guys at different levels, it gets too late. Like, these guys are scared. So, what I'll do is, like, I told one of my guys, uh, another American on my team now, I told him, like, yo, jab at him, make him try to go this way. Then you can go for the ball right there. Because if you jab at him with the right, and now he's like, all right, bet I got the left, and you're yeah. all all that you're about to go to the left you feel me you're in a position to steal the ball now he's about to fumble the ball out of bounds or something just because you had an offensive mindset
1: on defense. yeah no that's a fact I, I've never even put it that way mm-hmm. um and I'm gonna start using that because it's like everyone loves playing offense mm-hmm. and exactly. once you start to get people to see the offense and defense I think that's huge and I mean like if you look at Drew if you look at all these other top defenders really any level they're the ones who are closing space on offensive player it's not like they're waiting for the defense or the offense to come to them they're yeah, seeing right. that ball handling often closing space like you said they're kind of baiting them into certain directions and then when you bait someone into something you know they're going that way you anticipate it so anticipation all that stuff is is mm-hmm. and i think it makes defense more fun too right like it, does. it uh, really you does just sit back and wait for people to come to you it's like all right whatever but if you're if you're the one who's the aggressive you're playing offensively mm-hmm. um it just makes it a lot more engaging, um, which engaging. is you know good for it, a long term.
2: Lou Dort, Lou Dort was another guy. Yes, watch. he does it too, like hundred percent. Just constantly like being like engaged on that side of the ball, and it's it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. It is,
1: it is, but it's a, it's a it's definitely a strategic part of the game for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, so growing up, you said you weren't very skilled at first. Um, mm-hmm. Defense was kind of your main thing. How would how would you say and obviously this is a long over the course of your childhood long term thing but how would you say you improved your game um in terms of like did you just hoop a lot did you uh play against high level competition did you do certain drills like how would you say that you kind of approach your development even without thinking about it because when you're 10 years old like you're really thinking about like targeted development but how would you say you got to the level you were at by the time
2: you're a freshman sophomore junior in high school um, so I'll definitely you know, I'll give credit to my mom for, you know, getting me into community basketball. She was the one that initially got me into it. Um, but really the dedication for my father being outside, like me and him, my brother, um, outside in the driveway, you know, just working on things that he knew I was going to need because, you know, he knew I wasn't going to be super soft. Um, but we didn't work on the floater too much though, but he had me <laughs> dribble pull-ups shooting uh, my father could really shoot the ball and um, then uh markel's trainer um keep mm-hmm. keep uh keep williams that started that was my first so my dad found out that all right like this is the guy to go to if you want really yeah. up the skills you know in the off season so uh, keep williams is who i started with and mm. he had me doing so all right it was a lot of ball handling but after the ball handling, it was right in the full court one-on-one. Yeah, And sometimes it would be, you got to stay in the lanes. Yeah, It would be, you just got to gotta play. And he would always have me going against other guys. I don't know Love if that, that was what my dad wanted or if he just felt like that's what I needed. But in a matter of like two weeks, i say, yeah, a month, maybe tops in a month. Like I already saw myself getting better just right. like, you know, by playing against – older competition and then not having to i can't pass the ball to nobody in one-on-one and it's full court so it's some conditioning drill too
3: Mm
2: -hmm. i have to work on my skills i have to be able to get my shot off because there's nobody to pass to and i really feel like that was you know my time with keith williams was definitely a a big progression moment because i saw that's why i learned all right this is what i need to be doing this is how i work on my skills and then that's where my creative mindset kicked in and i started Mm -hmm working on things myself um I, I was always fast i was always like athletic i wanted to be able to jump but we'll get into that too my dad yeah. we had the uh the six foot court i probably told you this uh before i had yep. six foot court in the basement it's straight carpet so the tv right there the court down here on this end so it's it's, it's a long line it's enough space though for me to you know, get crazy down there. So anytime, anytime we watch, we watch the NBA, right? That's all we watch. I didn't watch college basketball until the year yeah. before, a year before I got to college, which is you feel me. If I probably would have been better if I did, but I watched straight NBA. So anything I seen them doing, like in terms of dunks, especially at a young age, I was going to go do like halftime. I was like all right, but I'm going to try all the dunks that I just seen, and I tell everybody, man, like that—that that was the reason right there. Like, yeah. I went and tried. I was working on jumping at a young
1: age. Facts. No, and I think, I mean, both of those are great points on the skill side and on, like, the athleticism side of things. I think sometimes we overthink, especially at a young age, what oh, can you help think, athletes yeah. get better. Like, we don't need the most intricate drills in the world. Hooping and jumping at a young age is not only sufficient but probably better than, you know, a lot of what a lot of athletes are doing. That's why, like, when I have athletes come in At a young age, but even older guys, like, all right, we're going to hoop. We're going to play ones with different constraints. Like, we're going to mess around with, like, how we're playing ones. But the same thing with full court. Like you said, even keep is, like, sometimes you can go in the paint. Sometimes you can't. Full court, I'm sure you guys played at some point half court, like, switching around what you want out of it. But, I mean, if you hoop, you play a lot of one-on-one, and you jump and try things and explore as a kid, I mean, chances are you're going to get pretty athletic, pretty skilled, especially because then – I'm sure you would go after playing the one on one and you'd be like, damn, I, I missed this shot a couple of times. Let me go work on this in the driveway. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like a constant like push and pull. where like, I'm going to try this out. Shit, it ain't work. I'm going to come back and work on that. And again, like, you don't, it ain't that difficult, but I think a lot of people try to overcomplicate it. Um, yeah, yeah. Once you get up to the pro level, college level, it can be a little bit different because you need targeted work. But right. especially as a high school player, let alone a middle school player, I and mean, that's it hooping jumping sprinting
2: just a lot of years man a lot of the, the things i see now is just overthinking man.
1: yeah like it's,
2: it's really it's really simple i'm not gonna say it's simple but in terms of how you need to work that's yes. what's simple um, no for sure What you posted the other day too when me and lonnie was doing the full court we had mm-hmm. to, we had to beat um yeah it was you?
1: delve justin you and lonnie in there
2: keep keep had us doing that too yeah. You know, that was the main thing. Like, all
1: right, you got to beat two defenders. Man. 100%. And you got to figure it out. I ain't going to tell you exactly, like,
2: yeah,
1: how to do it. You just – because in a game, when, when you don't have a coach in your ear telling you how to do it, like, you're going to have to figure it out. You got exactly. to adapt and and just and just hoop. Um, so I think it's stuff like that. And I was going to ask, like, how you develop such a good feel for the game as well, but I think mm-hmm. that's it. Just, like, it wasn't like, let me do all these drills and then try to – get out of that robotic nature and put it into the game. It's like, let me play and then do drills, I'm sure, that were kind of based around what you saw in the game. Um, cool. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. no, that's good. That's good. Um, all right, kind of switching. We'll come back to kind of the smaller guard stuff that I'm sure a lot of people want to hear, but one thing I really want to focus on is, like, you know, a lot of people see high-level athletes on social media from the outside. They don't see, like, the ups and downs that kind of go into the nature of being high-level athlete, professional athlete, where, you know, in college and professionally, like, people's jobs are on the line. There's a lot of pressure. Um, you do a good job of being transparent on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't even think, like, a lot of people know how much you have gone through, how much people in your position have gone through, whether it be, you know, your last year at UM, switch over to Arkansas, now you're halfway to, across the world. Like, you're adapting well. It shit isn't easy. So speak a little bit to, like, the psychological part of it. Yeah. Everything, you know, from a from a bird's eye view that you've dealt with mm-hmm. and then how you've kind of worked through that. Because I know a lot of athletes you know, that I talk to daily who are kind of struggling with the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could offer a good perspective
2: on that. Um, All right. So, yeah, this is what I really like talking about, because the last two years for me was probably like the hardest, toughest years in terms of my basketball career. Like yeah. and basketball means a lot to me. So it was really tough on my life. And um yeah starting with with Miami um and I feel like this is really important so I, I definitely want to speak on this but um you know my senior year uh first game of the season I shot the ball like terrible like I, I couldn't make anything um but I was determined so the second game of the season you know, I'm playing really well had 20 points five assists uh five rebounds and like uh, two minutes going into the, the second half. So it was still 18 minutes to play. Damn. Um, yeah, I was like, all right, bet, like, you feel me. I thought I was going to start off slow, but, you know, I'm having a good game. I ended up, you know, making a move. Um, mm. I go up to shoot. Guy kind of slides under me. It's no – it's there, you can't find this anywhere. Like, I went to look for it just to kind of, like, you know, see what, what yeah. happened. Um, couldn't find it anywhere, but the wow. guy kind of – he slides under me. And I jumped pretty high on my my jump shot. So um, yeah, it was was pretty bad, bad uh, ankle sprain. Um, I'm doing rehab all year, um, trying to get back out on the court. And it's just not, it's not, it's not going that way. Like my ankle is just telling me like, look, man, it's not, it's not ready. And um, the tough part about it was like, like social media, they was on my ass. Like, Mm -hmm. why? why is Chris like when is Chris coming back? I thought it was just ankle spread. Like, that's two weeks. Like, why why is he not back on the court? So two games of the season, two games, and I missed the rest of the season. And um it was tough for me because I couldn't necessarily say what I wanted to say. Um and it just got to a point where I just had to, you know, take it on the chin and, and kind of just deal with it. Cause I feel like, you know, a lot of athletes go through that. Like we get on Twitter, you know, we see all these basketball analysts, all these um, basketball geniuses, whatever you want to call them, you know, they're saying, oh, he should have did this or he should have did that. Or, you know, they're they're always voicing their opinion. That's the good thing about Twitter. Everybody can voice their opinion. But you don't necessarily see what's going on behind the scenes. Um, And it was really tough for me because, you know, they was questioning whether I wanted to play or not, which is, is beyond me because I spent four years already, you know, playing through injuries i was injured every year like going through something everybody's injured at some point right oh yeah i'm going i'm going through that i'm playing through through other injuries and then senior year it's like all right well this time i can't And it was the first time in my career my basketball my entire basketball career where i couldn't i couldn't play through it and it was eating me inside and it was hard for me to you know go to the games because I started questioning myself like am i doing everything i can to like get back on the court and uh it just it put me in a real like real low place man um real low place but before i get to the next part i'll i'll give you some light. like everything that i went through in these past two years i need it for my career now Mm. so i I just want them to hear that and be like okay like it's not it's not all bad but like Where you are in your journey is a is a part of the process. Like it, it's gonna build you in a way that that you need it. And at the time I didn't need that. So for the first time in my life, basketball was taken away from me. And I had to dissociate my life and happiness away from basketball. I had to find happiness besides what I what I was used to doing. I was always getting my piece of happiness from playing basketball, but I couldn't do that right now. So I had to, you know, spiritually grow in a way. Um so the year goes on. I don't end up making it back on the court. The team was fighting hard, um, but a lot of us end up transferring. Now I transferred to Arkansas. Um, really, I, I wanted to be a part of – I just wanted to be in the tournament. That was pretty much my main goal. I didn't know if I was going to do college again because, keep in mind, that's my senior year. Um, but I wanted to be in the tournament because I didn't really like what I was hearing from – in terms of, like, scouts and uh, the feedback I was getting going into that that professional year and my ankle was still like really bad. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't me, I'm gonna say that. I just, I just wasn't me, um, but I started to get, you know, get better. I was working with some guys in Miami. I started to get better going into that summer, ended up choosing Arkansas. Um, and so the year, the, the year starts, I'm spending extra time because I still feel like, like my ankle is not, it's not there. Like. I didn't have that same explosiveness. I didn't have that same confidence, and those two things right there are a big part of what makes me me on the court. Um, so the year, you know, I start off the year kind of shaky a little bit. I had a couple games where um, I started to feel like myself again, but I was never able to sustain it. And uh, if I thought, you know, Twitter at Miami was bad, Arkansas was—it was even worse. Like you feel me? I, I can mean? imagine, bro. It was at one point I had to just take Twitter off my phone because, mm-hmm. you know, they, they don't really know they don't they didn't know like me like that. Like they didn't know yeah. what I was doing in Miami. Um, you know, they just see, you know, this this little guy coming in and, you know, taking crazy shots or, you know, but what, what they didn't realize was I was I was playing the game, but I was trying to find myself again too. Mm-hmm. Like I was trying to find my confidence in myself again. And at times I I was forcing it. Like I would go back, watch film, be like, damn, like I was really forcing it there. But in the, in the mindset of the game, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm really trying to just feel it out. Like feel myself out. Cause I haven't played in a year. Like I haven't touched the basketball or been on the basketball court in a year. And, um, the year was just up and down for me, man. Like it was times where I found like my peace, even though I just wasn't, I wasn't playing. Like that was probably the, the lowest amount of minutes i was playing in my career like ever since freshman year um even my freshman year in miami i ended up starting halfway through yeah. so uh i got to a point where i was you know barely seeing the floor man and that took me even lower than where i was in miami like i at least knew that you know right, i'm gonna get back i'm gonna get healthy at some point but now it was like did i lose it like did i just did i lose like the skill i had and i just it was tough because I had to find a way to keep going. Even like I wasn't really getting the opportunity and rightfully so like I wasn't playing good, but I had to find a way to keep believing in myself. And this is what I mean when life, you know, goes in full circles because this is how my basketball career started. Like it started that way. Like nobody was really believing in me. And I had to find a way to really believe in myself and, um, Obviously, yeah, we get to the lead eight, which was a a great run, man, like that was really special. I got what I asked for, right, but it's not always greener on the other side, especially in terms of individually, but I couldn't be selfish like i w- I was happy to be a part of that man like it was it was really cool um but after leaving Arkansas, um it got to a point you know I had such a like I'm gonna say terrible year in my, my opinion, because I know what I'm capable of. I know what I've I've done in the past, Um, but I had to let go of the past. Like I had to, it was almost like, I felt like I was reborn. Like I had to let go of it um, to embrace the future. Like I had to learn that, you know, no matter what you're doing in the past, you have to keep the same type of habits. And that was one thing I was proud of with, Well, I was happy with Coach Musch at Arkansas, man. He taught me some some really great habits um, that, you know, I feel like will keep me. So did Coach L, too. Like, I still, you know, I read a lot of books because of Coach L. But um, he taught me, Musch taught me really how to, like, work. And, um, you know, I wasn't getting the the looks that I thought I was going to get, you know, going into my professional career. So it got to a point where um, I had to, kind of think about the the option of, you know, not playing basketball anymore. Like, like that was a, a legitimate option um, just because of the year I had, and it just really wasn't good. Um, so I got to a point where, you know, I had to just keep grinding. I was still grinding, even though um, I didn't know if I was going to be playing basketball. But um, this team here in Denmark, you know, they took a chance for me. Coach called me. He was like, look, man, like, I, I want you to play like how you played in Miami. And, you know, I really believe in you Um, and I would forever be grateful for him because, you know, he instilled that confidence back in me from day one and he gave me the keys and was like, look, like, fill fill it out and get back to who you are. And, uh, you know, I really, (laughs) I really appreciate that, man, because it was definitely tough for me. Um, Not really understanding, like, why I had to go through that. But now... Looking back two years now and comparing to where I am today, like mentally, I'm on a whole different level, like mentally, spiritually, physically. Like I'm on a whole different level. I take care of my body more. Um, I read a lot more. You know, I focus on, you know, self-development a lot more. And um, all of that was important for me, you know, getting to where I am now and, you know, still still aspiring to climb even higher. So I know that. on bro but no no
1: that was good that was exactly what i was hoping you would be comfortable enough to go and actually be transparent about that so i appreciate that bro and i think that just hearing that story can help a lot of people i mean obviously there's a lot more even than you would have ever mentioned it yeah, goes yeah. into stuff whether it's a um you know i didn't hear as much about what was going on in arkansas um, which seemed like it was you know it was just kind of a it, you were in a a weird place mentally and you know we don't always have the best years and people knew People down here knew you were, still, you were still a bucket, but it's like the people Arkansas, you're going to a new fan base. and then Yeah. So I think, I mean, number one, I think, it, like you said, people from the outside in sports never really see the full story, let alone 50. Like, they don't see 50% of what's going on, 25% of what's going on. They just see the headlines. They see what's going on on Twitter. They see if you're playing and how well you're playing. Right. It's like if you're not producing, they I feel like they don't even see you as a human at some point. It's like yeah. you no. are a basketball player and that's the most toxic thing to me about sports and especially sports at a high level but now even like i get youth players who are thinking the same thing or like oh yeah like my parents or like whatever like coaches they're going through the same thing as you on a mini level mm-hmm. because it, it just it. a lot of times athletes aren't even seen as as humans anymore yeah. um which is crazy but i think you know one one positive like you mentioned is like everyone talks about being battle tested and I mean, at some point in your life, if you really want to succeed and whatever it may be basketball, but also everything outside of basketball, like you got to get battle tested. It's the same reason why teams, you know, who come from good conferences end up probably going further in March Madness or playoffs, NBA playoffs, NFL playoffs, because you've been through adversity. You've been down in the dumps. You've been to the, those points mentally where it's like, all right, I'm gonna have to get through this. Yeah. And once you do get through those, like you said, you kind of come out i would say 99.9 percent of time you come out in a better mindset and you just feel a little bit more unbreakable than you were beforehand um which is i I mean i would argue that's probably contributing to your success this year like Mm -hmm. we were talking before the podcast you're like yeah i shot terribly last game and i already know for you like that's not going to affect you much now you're just like yeah like whereas beforehand I don't know at UM, Maybe you had a bad game, or in high school. You had a bad game, and you consider it a little bit more. You start thinking about it, and those are again like the lessons uh, that you've learned through that process. And I think a lot of people can learn that because, um, like, like you said, everyone gets there. to the, To the extent that everyone gets there is different. Um, yeah. Some people it's just a little bit of adversity. Some people it's a lot. But as long as you push through, like, what I found is that usually you expect a break to go your way and it doesn't and at some point after you're like that was the last chance like i'm i'm done Mm -hmm. that's when that break happens and that's probably like coach taking a a a chance on you yeah you eventually get somebody to believe in you or something goes your way just a little bit after after you expected but it ends up being perfect timing um so no no i appreciate you for being transparent about that and i think a lot of people will take from that
2: that journey and learn from it Oh so man. I mean the one thing I really took from, you know, my year at Arkansas was I wasn't gonna lose confidence in myself yeah. ever again. Like that that was a that was a no-brainer. That was a commandment that I had with myself. Yes. I was never gonna lose confidence in myself again because confidence is what makes me I feel like me. Like yeah. that's what makes me the player I am. And you can see it. When a guy's not playing with confidence, they're just not the same. They're a portion of what they are on the court. You know, they're, yes. they're, they're second guessing. And that's what I was doing all year at Arkansas, just second guessing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not it's not a good formula for yeah. a basketball player at all. Definitely not.
1: And I think, I mean, everyone talks about, like, the it factor that players have. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, some players may be as talented as you or as, you know, if we compare two players they may be equally as talented from just, like, a if you see them in a workout, they're going to be the same player. Exactly. And then one is, like, significantly better than the other one. Mm-hmm. Um clearly like you have quote unquote the if factor. And I think a lot of that, like you said, is just your confident ass you dude on the court, at least, you know, when you're uh kind of focusing on that outside of like a couple years. Um you've clearly shown that you've been very confident and now that confidence is is more sustainable. So how how is it just willpower or like are you employing certain techniques to not lose that confidence to kind of fulfill that promise that you made
2: yourself at Arkansas? Um it's it's a little bit of it's a little bit of the willpower Mm -hmm. also the um the understanding of like how like when i go work out like i know that okay i'm working on this today or i work on this every day like this has to show in the game like it has to show in the game and or not it has to because that means you're relying on it to do it i know it's gonna show in the game right this is what I'm working on and I work on this every day I put in work like it's gonna show it has like it's just gonna show and uh, also willpower too. like you can't let you know like like I was telling you earlier before we started this like I had a bad shooting game in the last game yeah. and but I, I told you I knew it was coming like just yeah. the law of averages but exactly you can't allow that one game or you can't allow one little thing in your life that doesn't go your way to just slow down your, your progress. Like you got to, you know, take that on the chin and be like, okay, well, why didn't it work? Or Mm. maybe I'll try it again. If it doesn't work again, then maybe i have to change something up. And then that's where you go to work and you start building on your craft. You start working on the things that you need to work on. So, um, the biggest thing is you just, you just don't stop. Like, yeah, yeah, you can't stop. Um, and believing in yourself is the number one rule. And that's always been the you know the, the number one rule for me. So Yeah,
1: not for sure. And I mean, I think you you hinted at this, but it's like just having a good relationship with failure is huge. Mm-hmm. Not even failure, but just like I mean, I guess you could say failure, but more so just bad performance in a yeah. way. Like you said, it's a lot of averages. Like the the thing that a lot of players don't realize, especially when they're in high school or middle school, are looking up to you, like for example, I heard about your good games. I heard about when you were killing. Like I seen right. the highlights. I seen stuff like that. I didn't know you had a bad game. Yeah, and it's just like you yeah. don't see that on social media. It's not like you're gonna go post or anybody's gonna go post. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I had a one for eleven shooting game or something. Just yeah. just natural, right? And I think when when players look at you from the outside or others from the outside, they see perfection. When in reality, there's it's just not not the case. That's, that's,
2: that's, that's what with social media and mm-hmm. and all of that. That's what that does
1: exactly and it's not even just basketball it's, it's life in general like yeah you know for it's outside of basketball it's people getting jobs like people in relationships like they see all the good stuff but in reality they don't know all the stuff that goes in behind it. and hearing you kind of acknowledge these things and also mention that it's like look on to the next game i think a lot of people should take from this whether they're a player whether a coach whether whoever like understanding that, that failure is is going to happen and when it does it's like it's it's inherent and if you understand
2: that then you can move on to that next performance a lot easier i think the biggest the biggest thing i had to do was dissociate basketball like from my life like obviously yes. like i love the game but i was associating it with my life and if i had a bad game it would be a bad day like, you yes. feel me? like it, it can't be that way. Like you exactly. have so many, you have so many blessings and opportunities that go on throughout the day that you have to be grateful for. And if you have a bad game, like, so what, like go work on the things that you, you didn't do well in the game the next day. Like it's not the end of the day. And I think that's the biggest, like I go into the game with no fear. Like, like yeah. I'm going a, I'm to a play, I'm going to play, you know, how I'm supposed to play. I'm going to do the things that I know I'm capable of doing. And if it doesn't go well, then I know that I got to go back and go work on some things, but it's not the end of the day. And I think that helps me be a lot less tense. Yeah. Like, Arkansas playing, I was tense, like for sure. I didn't make no mistake. So I knew I was coming out the game like that. That was a, you know, that that was tough for me because I had never really had that, that type of leash. And, but it taught me how to, even in, in that environment, even in that atmosphere, you still have to be confident in yourself. Like you can't go into like, all right, like, I'm not going to make this mistake. I'm not going to make this mistake because when you do that, you're putting it in your mind and 80% of the time you're going to go make that mistake yeah. it's on your mind. Like, you feel me? So you got to just go into the game like free, man. Like, look, I'm, I'm here to play. I'm going to give it all I got. And if it don't go well, then all right, we'll get better.
1: Yeah. No, that's what I would say is like don't play not to lose, play to win. Don't exactly. play not to do badly, play to play well and that's for basketball that's for life like if you're always thinking about fucking up chances are you're gonna fuck up because yeah. you're nervous um so yeah man i mean I, I i think that's huge and that's one reason why i try to focus on why athletes like bro and you don't want to hear this as a young athlete like there's a lot more to life than basketball you're just like nah fuck right, 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 right. Right. basketball is my life like why would i focus on anything else but once you get to our age you start maturing like well maybe there is more and even things that are more fulfilling than basketball. Like, I'm sure there are things in life, like, I don't know, fucking learning something new or like seeing a new part of the world. It feels better than having a good game. Yeah. And again, you don't want to hear that as like 17 year old. I mean, even a 21 year old, 22 year old, is just like yeah. psh, who is like, it's basketball. But at some point you, you start to realize that you there's more to
2: life. Like more freely that way though. Like you're going yeah. to the way more free when you're, you're Bro. not so <laughs> focused on basketball as my, like my life. Like, Basketball is something that you do, and it's also a a game. Like you feel yes. me? You can love the game, like you can love the game. Like I, it, I can be all I got when I'm out there, but it's not it's not my life. It's not who I am. You feel me? Like right. Like more the life that that'll make me peaceful and a lot more happier than putting all my chips on the basketball game.
1: You feel exactly, me? bro. And I think I mean if you frame it this way, and I've talked to a couple athletes very recently, like yesterday, the day before about this, like. If I took away basketball from you, would you be nothing or would you have other things to offer to the world, to um, your girlfriend, to, like, your homies? Like, yes, are you yes. just – is basketball literally you? And they're like, nah, like, of course I have other things going on. I'm like, all right, well, why are you considering it to be everything? And I think, like, even for me, like, playing in a super high-pressure, like, high school environment for me, you know, I, I couldn't do much because it was probably like you at Arkansas where I'm like, yeah. hey, bro, if I fuck up, I'm coming straight out of the game. But and then after my my playing career ended and I chose to focus on, like, the training the coaching side of things i don't identify as a player yeah so i literally my my skills were just exponentially went up and it's like because i don't go into a game tense like i don't care who i'm playing against now i know that number one i'm gonna probably get some buckets number two if i don't i don't care because it's like exactly i, I ain't even a player no more bro like yeah i i train i don't i don't hoop anymore and i wish that i had been able to apply that same mindset and that's why sometimes i think like damn i should go play pro for a year like i should just go just go try something because but then i know also it's just gonna be a weird like mental exercise where as soon as i identify as a player i'm gonna get tense again and then it's like i don't know but it's interesting that that you mentioned like the 10 i don't want to say tension but like feeling tense as a player at arkansas because i think that's facts um would you say because being tense is different than nervous would you say that you've ever been nervous in
2: a game so to speak or is it more so just most oh, yeah. of my games at Arkansas, I was nervous. Like, yeah. I was so like, it wasn't that like I was scared somebody was going to say something to me. Nah. Like, like, but it was one. I knew I was going to be on the film session. Yep. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm focusing yep. on every play, like trying not to not to mess up. Mm-hmm. Two, like, all right. Um, I don't know, like what it was like to a point where I didn't know how to play. Like this is the craziest thing. Like I've only told like some of my family. Mm-hmm.
3: Like,
2: I've only told like some of my family members because they know me best. Yeah. Was, like, you just don't. You don't look like you out there, and I was like, I, I don't feel like me. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't feel like myself. I'm overthinking. I'm second guessing myself every like move I'm trying to make, and it's like, all right, I know I'm coming out if I don't do this right. Yes, I know I'm coming out. No, nah, that's the craziest
1: thing, bro. And
2: to some points, like, all right, like, excuse my lane, but I was like, fuck it, like, I'm gonna do it anyway. And then yeah. that's when you would see some of the crazy stuff I was doing. Yeah. Go to Twitter and they on my ass, like, he has no IQ. Mm. And you know, like, I really do have IQ. It's just like, I didn't want to come out. So I was trying to force it. True. Nah, no, and that's the weird part is when you're like,
1: you don't feel like yourself, but you're trying to force it because you're trying to will yourself back into that. And that's like, if, if somebody can figure out that fully, yeah. they'll make a million dollars because I know there's players at the highest level who get into that zone. I mean, you look at Steph, some games, you'll shoot 0 for 11, and it's like if if somebody can figure out how to get out of that I-don't-feel-like-myself zone, then, like, yeah. number one, it's, it's probably impossible, just human nature. Number two is, like, hey, that would be that would be a rich man. But rich it's man. crazy to me how, like, you – it, it shows up in how literally how you move like some of the players i've worked with this year gone to their games yeah yeah they may be a freshman whatever i'm watching them on tv and i literally am like who is that like is is that the same person and, and it's it's crazy how, i mean it just shows the power of the mind once again it's like it can literally turn you into like you're moving like a different person you're thinking like a different person and as soon as that game ends you're like you snap out of it and it's like what was i doing um so i don't know man that's that's crazy but it's it's something that everyone goes through, and you know, it's, it, again, it's one of those things. that's good to hear coming from you because a lot of people would look that look at it from an outside perspective and be like, "Nah, Chris, ain't never felt like that." But uh, hey, I already know.
2: I mean, honestly, though, I had never gone through it until yeah, these past well, this past this past year. So never at UM. Me, I'll say yes. Um, my freshman year, like the first first ten games. Okay. Maybe in the first seven, eight games, whenever so we, what
1: helped what helped you get out of that and then to the point where you're starting your freshman
2: year? I just had a I had a breakout game and yeah. it was kind of the same thing I had went through at Arkansas. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, like I'ma just be me and if it don't go well, then okay, like I, I got, you know, time to get better. Yeah. And, uh, that that eventually what I didn't realize then was that freed me up from the tense and pressure that I was right. with myself. Mm-hmm. And, so then I was able to go in the game and just be free and what I didn't realize at Arkansas was I was doing that the whole year like I was right. doing the whole year and a part of that though was because you know I had something to prove because True. I, had, I had missed the entire year I wanted to prove to myself that you know I'm still I'm still that guy but unfortunately though that that is not how that played out at all but I had to learn that though so. hey, no exactly
1: yeah I mean that's interesting I think one thing on, on, on that note is like I think a lot of the times you got to find a balance between like proving to yourself or proving to other people that you can do something and like having that dog mentality like oh I'm gonna go prove y'all wrong but then also like if you get if you lean too much into that you can start to put too much pressure on yourself yep. you know what I'm saying so exactly. it's like that balance between kind of relaxing and be like yo if I don't prove them wrong okay fine whatever but then obviously you don't want to be too over too far over there so you yeah. gotta also think like all right well balance that with i gotta prove these motherfuckers wrong like whatever so i think once you find that balance is is good but i'm i'm also curious do you think do you think that having that so like at um it was your freshman year you know right. yes like a- each year matters but you have four years mm-hmm. and like you said like you just had to get out of that it was kind of like breaking the ice whatever Do you think being in Arkansas for only one year and having like a finite amount of games before
2: your pro career starts kind of put added pressure on you? That, too. That, too. It was it was just pressure coming from a whole different uh, a bunch of different angles. Excuse me. Just like one to prove to myself, I'm still, you know, I'm still that guy 2 I'm in a new environment, new fans. You know, they're expecting me to do something. So that's pressure right there. Um, Coaching staff. You know it's it's everything was a little different like um you know coach l was super laid back you know? yeah um and it's not that i haven't had coaches that are that are really intense but um, right it was just it was just different like and then you look at the year i was only there for nine months so True. all of that is just condensed and i'm not having the same amount of time i am to get adjusted to it as i did at Miami, or as I did at being at Gonzaga for four years. what I mean, so it was just a lot of pressure that I that was coming from different angles. But that's all in the mind, though. You feel right. Like was, that was inflicted by myself. Like I, I I'll take, um, I'll take. Uh, what's the word? Accountability. Yeah, accountability yeah. for that. But, not for sure. Um, but it's understandable though. Yeah. It's not Very it's only understandable to people that understand like that that position but when you're looking at you know the social media that's why you can't get caught up into that stuff because they're not going to understand it like that they're going to look at like okay we got this player from Miami they don't know that I've been hurt for a year they don't know Mm that I played for a completely different type of coach or a completely different type of you know play style where the ball is in my hands the whole game I'm calling the offensive plays like it's just I just had a lot more comfortability you know yeah and exactly when you're uncomfortable though that's where you learn the most I was uncomfortable from the moment I left Miami like yeah you we know, are just being like being honest um, not that they weren't good people or anything it was a great program I liked how they did everything yeah. Um, but I was just uncomfortable man like just uncomfortable the entire time and that tense plus that pressure plus being uncomfortable did not make a good Chris likes like that was you know yeah. that, was, that was tough bro
1: like I hey. That's fair, though. I mean, you learn from it. And that's one reason why I tell players all the time, like, bro, if you got to go to a lower division or a lower conference, whatever, and and fit in a program better, then go there. Like, it ain't about the name. It ain't about, yes, you want to win, but you can win at a lower division. And you probably do it better because you're more comfort- comfortable. Exactly. You, you, you're in a better position where, you know, you can, whether it's your play style fits more with the team, whether it's you fit more you mesh better with the teammates with the coach like yeah whether it's closer to home or further where like the geography of it anything but like i think players especially high school players uh can often get caught up in like the and even like middle schoolers going to high school is now i'm seeing it at some point where it's like if you go to the wrong program it can make you a completely different pr- player than who you would expect to be or who you would be in another program and it's just all about fit That's um so that's huge. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think those are all huge lessons to learn. I, th- I mean, the mental – I always say, like, and this is another thing that you don't you don't really realize until you get older and you mm-hmm. hear it all the time. It's like basketball is whatever, 80% mental, 20% physical. Like, you hear that as a kid. You're like, hell no. Like, I'm – you know, it's skills. It's my athleticism. But then you get to a point where you just you, – it starts to open up to you that, like, it is. Like, yeah. you have players who don't work on their game at all. It may not be the most skilled, but just mentally they they have it and they can just – they play better. They reach higher points in a career mm-hmm. than somebody who's overthinking. They're kind of weak mentally, and that's mm-hmm. not their fault. It just – it may be out of passion for the game, yeah. but understanding different techniques. Um, I think you gave some really good techniques to, to monitor these things, to help yourself out when you get in these points are huge, and I think that can, have, can help every player take their game to the next level more than like, you know, working on a certain skill even most times yeah Yeah. um all right last couple quick questions if you had to choose we'll kind of flip back over to the to the practical stuff even though this is uh, way more important for me but uh, if you had to choose three skills that you think if you had to install instill three skills in every single smaller guard to give them a better chance of success around the world what would those three skills be
2: um off rip, you gotta be a dog. Like that's just—it's just that simple. Like you gotta have that mentality that you're not going back down from nobody out there. Um, and that's that's the most important because if you had that, you're gonna be able to look like you belong out there. You know what I mean? Like, um, I would say <clears throat> shooting—you gotta be able to shoot, especially yes. in today's today's game. You gotta be able to shoot off the dribble, off the catch. Um, definitely with range too. Just having a, a a wide range of you know shots that mm. that work for your game. Now we're not all gonna be the same, and that's why I'm gonna leave speed out because I think that's one of the main questions I get. Like like all right, how are you how would you work on your speed? Like I, I didn't work on my speed. <laughs> like I, I like that was something I was I was blessed with. Obviously there's there's some things you can do to work on your quicker first step, but speed is one of those things that you might just be blessed with speed but yeah. there's often times where i'm watching film i'm like man i wish i was like a little slower like i could like look sure. watch Luka, watching cj McCollum, like how they're able to get to their spots shea gilgis like mm-hmm. these guys aren't super fast but somehow they get to where they want to get to so being crafty like ball handling yes but being crafty like mm-hmm. using using you know your play style to really benefit or affect your game in a way that's that's in a positive way, so I think those three you can handle the pill. um I, I'll split it because defense is going to be important. Yeah, that's, that's just to get the opportunity, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I I'm hey, a- we'll
1: put defense under being a dog. Uh, I'll, help yes. hey. I'll
2: help you out. I help
1: you. No, I always struggle with that too because I always get people asking me that at camps and stuff, but. I think yeah. one of the the main things that I want to touch on there is, like, I I mean, so every time I post something where it's, like, we're working on ball handling, we're working on shooting, like, I don't know, maybe a fade or a step back, something like that, there's always a crowd where it's, like, nah, they just need to be repping out one-dribble pull-ups and, and spot-ups. And I'm, like, yes, like, we do need to get good at those, but especially, I mean, most of the players that I at least cater to on social media, Mm -hmm, just again, law of averages are the average human is what? 5'11, shorter. So like most people are gonna be considered small guards. And if you think that you can get to that next level as a small guard with only one dribbles and and spot ups, it just, it's not gonna happen. Like if we're being realistic, you need to have a bag. You need to be able to shoot a wide variety of shots. You need to be able to adjust on these shots. Like you ain't gonna be just shooting a, a, a standstill spot up three every time you're going to be needing to fade a little bit. Maybe your feet are a little bit off, off, you know, staggered, maybe you're a little bit off balance. Mm-hmm. So that's why I try to kind of widen the variety of things I work with or that I post on social media too. Cause like, if you look at your game, if you look at any small guard, like it ain't mm-hmm. just, just the basics, the foundations. Yeah. like, you've, you've gotten past that. Not to say that you don't still work on those foundations. I'm sure yeah. you still yeah. get up your spot up shots. You, you yep. still get yeah. up your one dribble pulls for sure. But it's also adding to that, um, which I think is huge for people to understand.
2: Yeah. I mean, looking – talking about that specifically, uh, before you get into your next question, like, yeah, I remember doing a lot of workouts and coaches would all be like, yo, stop fading. And mm-hmm. like, in my mind, I was like, no, like, I'm going to need – But this. you would be seeing – you would be imagining and
1: visualizing what's going on in the game, and you know that you would need to fade in that situation.
2: That's like – when you're working out – this is one thing for everybody that's listening, like, when you're working out, like, envision you're in the game like somebody's guarding you that's what I I was always good at that I was always good at visualizing like all right I got somebody on my hip real quick quick stop like Mm. all right step back he's long so I got to be able to fade a little bit to get this shot off. and that's what I meant by like being creative in my last post obviously Mm -hmm. I'm not as good as you at kind of going into definite detailing about you know what I need to uh, what you need to do when you're on the court but yeah I was always fading like even when it's just regular workouts, like get into your one dribble pull up. I want you to step back here. I was shooting a the fader and they was like, yo, like stay on balance. I, like, I mean, I, I get that, but these guys are going to be tall, like trying to like who I'm shooting over with. So that fade is going to give me just enough yep. space to get it over. So um, yeah, but not nah, go ahead. though.
1: No, that, I mean, and then the last thing I'll say about this is like, yes, like you also probably want to work on your regular pull ups where you are straight up and down and quote yeah. on balance. But my thing is like, why not prepare for times where we may not be in the perfect situations, like get good at the perfect stuff, but also prepare for the imperfect. Mm-hmm. Basketball is a chaotic game. Chaotic. Um, so when you realize that your workouts start to change. Yeah. Um, all right. Two more quick ones. You can answer these, you know, not, not too crazy. Let's talk right. a little bit about DMV basketball. Cause being down here, I try to explain to people and being around the world too. I'm like, bro, that's the best basketball city in the world. You're like, nah, LA, yeah, and, you know, I get my respect to a lot of these places, but like, yeah. being from there is, is more so even, I mean, the town is crazy, but just the legacy of being there, like I'm sure you're working out with people above you, like you were saying, you're playing right. with old guys who are probably pros now and it's yeah. just like a legacy where like, all right, well, I'm next in line. I got to perform. So talk a little bit about being from just the DC area and then, uh,
2: and how that kind of helped you as you were younger. Bro, I still like I don't know if you have, but I still haven't figured out a way to like actually explain to people like nah. like the only way is I, I saw recently that Bronny went and played. So playing. I was at that game too. You so like once you play in that environment though, you you don't understand. Like I was yes. already prepared for college because of that environment. Like for sure. Um and, but what I'll speak on in the basketball community is DMV is not it's not too big. Um, So in terms of the basketball community, everybody kind of knows each other. Everybody knows each other, and they support each other in a way. So um, you know when the all right. So if the area is small, the competition is high, right? But we all did a good job of kind of like maybe internally, maybe unconsciously, whatever. We all kind of just like kept rising each other up by competing against you know the best talent because it's not it's not like a big area where all right. This area, this town, they don't have anybody, right? Like, everybody's in the same the same area. Everybody's in the same basket. So we're all trying to get better, but we're all, like, bringing each other up in a way that, you know, develops everybody. Yeah. No, that's a fact.
1: And, I mean, I think that's the main thing that I try to focus on when I have those conversations. Like, look, and because in Miami, I've seen, you know, things from a different light. A lot of people hate on people in the basketball culture down here. Yeah, whether it's exactly. high school, whether it's college, like whatever. DMV, there's always gonna be some, but mm-hmm. I would say the vast majority of of interaction and just dynamics between people is is at least in some sense supportive. Yeah. And I almost liken it to like, I don't know, like rappers out of Atlanta. Like mm-hmm. everyone's putting each other on. It's not like uh everyone's hating on each other, just kind of dogging at each other, trying to scrap each other down. Cause they realize there's enough in fact, there's not only enough room for everyone to to succeed but when somebody else succeed that helps you because you get to play against better competition you right. get to be seen playing against better competition so i think people realize that better than any other area and that's what that's what helps it so much um is that it's like there's a lot of love there um mm-hmm. and when you pair that with like a lot of other factors it it helps and look like if you look at any march madness there are 20 players from dmv always like always, always. Always, and Another I always say like, I say, it man. may not help, it may not produce the best NBA players, yeah. to be fair, compared to like in LA, which is a much bigger area, but that's mm-hmm. a different conversation, compared to other places. But if you look at college hoops, DMV owns college hoops, yeah. in my that's opinion.
2: True. So Another thing I'll say like, is if you compare it to somewhere like Texas, right, mm-hmm. the, the best athletes in the area might be playing football. True. Like the best, the best athletes in our area are playing basketball, right? right? That's, the, that's just how it is. Like it's our culture is, is a basketball culture. So I yep. think that, that comparison right there kind of gives you a, an insight as to how important basketball is to, to the DMV area. Yep. No, that's perfect.
1: Um. All right. Last thing. What is, what's next for you? This could be from a career standpoint, like, you know, how you are going to finish out the season? This could be from something you want to learn, something you want to develop about yourself. What's next? For
2: Chris likes, um, in a basketball sense, is continue to add things to my game that I feel like will um, benefit me in the long run. Finishing out the season strong, um, obviously winning the championship is my main goal. Um, I think that would be really important, you know, going into my first my first professional season as a mm-hmm. as a pro athlete. Um, but really. But Chris likes as a as a human being, it's really just enjoying where I am, man, enjoying the, enjoying the process, enjoying the journey. We talked about it a little bit before we got on this. Um just embracing where I'm at. Like each day like is a is a new day and a new opportunity for me to live this life. Like not it's 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 a lot of people that's gone too soon. It's a lot of people that take days for granted, mm, no. including me, man. I used to be one of those guys that that used to just you know, take days for granted, especially when, you know, I had a bad game and um, I wouldn't live life to the fullest, man. So that's that's kind of what I'm doing now. I'm trying to learn new skills. I'm reading every day. Um, I watch YouTube videos on things that, you know, I feel like could be useful skills in my time when the basketball stops. And, um, you know, for somebody that's going into their first year, um, I think that's kind of interesting, um, speaking in third person right now. But, you know, just looking at, you know, where I am, uh, I think it's important, um, especially for, you know, a lot of young guys to to kind of hear that, that um, you got to take each day as its own because um, a lot of things get taken away from you. And that's what happened to me in Miami. Um, and, you know, what I was not being grateful for was taken away from me. And and then I had a, a whole different type of environment that didn't benefit me. So you gotta be grateful for each and every little thing. And that's what I do. I start my days meditating. I start my days writing down what I'm grateful for. So, you know, all those little things will help you enjoy, enjoy your life a lot, a lot more. Um, and, you know, that's, that's pretty much what I can say about you know embracing your, your journey.
1: Facts. Staying present. I think that's the biggest thing.
2: That's, I don't know how to miss that, but that's the biggest one. Just. No, hey, nah, but
1: all that goes into staying present yes yeah. like I mean that's basically what i took from that is like each day is its own day yeah. I ask what's next and you say today and that's that's the yeah. biggest like that's to me sign of somebody who's who's been able to kind of um enlighten themselves and stuff like that so nah bro you're ahead of the game um appreciate the wisdom i'm sure everyone else listening to it does as well yeah. um you gotta got a lot of people out there who look up to you as a role model you know that but i mean i can attest to that just from being being around uh, whatever 15 countries this year and hearing your name come up literally every time so it's been cool to see the uh the growth bro i'm excited to keep keep seeing it and that's not only on the basketball court but off it. so
2: appreciate you i appreciate you man thank you for having me yes sir
3: E é